Hallelujah. Already a great atmosphere in here this morning. You know, we were just talking about something, and uh, I believe God is starting to build in us an understanding and an association that, that br spiritual breakthroughs are not accidental. Spiritual breakthroughs in your life, new highs, new moments, the prolific manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit and these things, they are not accidental or random. They are the product of other things in your life. And we were just talking about the fact that physically we understand this to be true. Physically we understand that, that if I exercise, if I work out, if I train my body, if I increase my strength, if I elongate my, my stamina for running or whatever it is, that personal bests, accomplishment, new thresholds, new tiers are going to appear. And we know that there's a connection between this and this. We know that diligence in this way results in capacity this way. But spiritually, we have this idea that somehow this is random and not connected to anything else. But it's not. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And so, you know, these things don't happen accidentally. God, you know, when we are infants, when we are uh, immature, God will visit us because of the cry and desperation of our heart. But as we begin to mature, he expects that we will align as sons and daughters, that we will, we will begin to enact and step into some of these things, that we won't rely on these uh, impulses, these moments, what others do to facilitate our spiritual breakthroughs. We'll realize that, wow, my destiny is in my hands. My future is within my grasp. So, Father, we pray today. We pray today that the realization that, Lord, our futures are before us, that our destiny, that our proximity to you is within our own hands. And we today, Lord, we choose to draw near to you. If everybody could pay attention in the room, we choose to draw near. Say it right now. I choose to draw near to you. From, the left, from my right to my left, I still see people chatting to each other. Come on, we need to step into this place. I choose to draw near to you, especially young people. You need to have encounters with God, and it's going to happen because you choose to draw near to him. Lord, we, we don't want to re live in the overflow what others are doing. Father, we don't want to live in the midst of the rain that is on the lives of people next to us, to our right and left. God, we want to taste the deluge of the river of God upon us we want to step in to the flow of your spirit and so we step in today i feel right now in the room there are some people that are frustrated because you say in your heart but i've been doing this i've been stepping in i've been i've been responding i've been pressing in and it seems like i can't get past a certain point in in this journey 
Well, there's a reality to that because it says that who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. And what happens, there are cycles in our lives where we exercise that diligence to press into his presence. And as we begin to do that, God begins to respond. He begins to respond and he draws us near. But there's a reality that you only come up so far and then God begins to deal with the issues of your heart because there are things in our hearts that do not permit us from passing certain points in terms of proximity. And this, the journey involved in deconstructing those things in the heart is the most difficult part of the journey. And it seems sometimes, well, I feel stalled in my journey. I feel like, like nothing's happening anymore. I don't know why. I used to feel this momentum. I used to feel like I was going somewhere. Now I feel stuck. And in that place, God is breaking something. God is shifting something, something you don't know. And in that place, you have to exercise faith. You have to exercise that belief that God has not abandoned me, but I am his workmanship, and I will endure, and I will continue to press in. I will continue to access his presence. I will continue to honor him. Even though it feels like there's no progress, I will lift my hands. I will lift my voice. I will declare his greatness because he is worthy. Whatever may or may not be happening right now in my life, he is worthy of continuous adoration and glory. And so God, do in our lives what you need to do to break those limitations to break those barriers, to break those thresholds, that we can come into something new. This is a time for the release of faith. This is the time for the release of declaration. Every place, every place your foot will touch. Every place your foot will touch, every place you see, every place. This is the realm of thinking authority that Michael was talking about the other night. It's where you perceive and you know by extension of your faith, you are releasing the kingdom of God into geography, into places in time, into relationships. Hey, yeah. Listen to me. As the music continues, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. When Jesus said to the storm, be still, be quiet, he wasn't just saying words. He was operating from a place. When we worship, we are aligning our minds, and by doing that, we are, we are coming into a place of authority. We are, we are stepping into the place where we actually believe the things that are written. As we actually begin to believe them, we begin to now must exercise that authority. We are in a place of command right now. We are in a place of re releasing the dispensation of peace. When Jesus said, be still, he was releasing peace. All over the world right now, the enemy is fomenting to create chaos. Whether it's in the context of a relationship where there's fighting and division and anger and rage, or whether it's, it's somebody, uh, some demonic spirit manifesting through a vessel, some person that they've got access to, 
we are in a position to say, peace, be still. And wherever you are, there are scenarios around your work. There are scenarios around your family. There are simmering divisions. There are, there are jealousies. There are things. You have authority over that. First, over yourself. Well, you know, I tried to speak to the wind, and it wouldn't listen to me. You start by speaking to yourself. Can you rule over the passions of your own flesh? Can you say no to uh, unforgiveness and jealousy and those raging things inside? That's where you start. And as you tackle your, your lion and your bear, then you meet your Goliath. But you have to start where you're at. But this is the time to step into that realm, to begin to release the peace. Are there, is there discord in the proximity of your life anywhere at all? Begin to speak to it right now. Don't stop, guys. Don't stop. We don't want to settle down. We want the authority of the sound to release peace. We don't have to go to a peaceful sound. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we speak to paranoia. We speak to mental illness. We speak to depression. We speak to voices of division and fear and discord. We speak to those voices in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we declare a new reign of peace. We declare in the name of Jesus that the skirmishes of political division, we declare that the fomenting passion of entrenched thinking will be broken. That which where the enemy seeks to create chaos and war and fights to the lusts and desires of man, we say peace. We say peace. We say peace. We say peace. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Come on. Come on. Come on. Peace to the nation of Canada. Yes. Peace, 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 peace. Yeah, yeah. Just keep pressing a little longer. Just a little longer. Just a little longer. There's something that we're pressing into, that we're releasing into our nation. There's something we're touching on a national level. There's something we're administering right now for the nation.
Now let me share, let me share something with you. You know, sometimes we get locked into certain uh, thinking. We say, well, if God's all-powerful, shouldn't we just be able to say, you know, be done and it's over? You're presuming, I mean, if, if, if you, the full measure of your faith was such that you could bring down the full measure of God, absolutely. But we have faith in increments. That's why the Bible says prophesy according to the measure of whose faith? Your faith. So inasmuch as your faith is limited, the supply you draw upon is then limited. What you draw down is limited. Not because God is limited, but your faith is limited. We are the agency that dispenses the supply of heaven. And so what happens is, uh, the Lord gave me an illustration here with Wendy. She had um, an infection. And, uh, you know, when you have an infection, they can give you pills, and you take a pill twice a day, three times a day. It's a one-shot thing. But in the case of a more serious infection, you go in, and you sit for two hours, and they administrate uh, right directly into your bloodstream, a more potent form, uh, right into the blood, uh, in order to deal with that infection. And you know what? It just it takes more time because there's, there's a, more of that administrating. This, in some way, symbolizes the different levels of the administration of intercession. When, when you are saying, you know, Jesus being Jesus, you know, he, it says he was given the spirit without measure. We don't have the spirit without measure. We have measures, okay? And, and it's a matter of being faithful in the measure that we have. But what we're doing is we're stretching the cords of our measures by virtue of the journey of our lives and of the, what we're learning in terms of administrating the kingdom. But at the end of the day, what keeps Canada from becoming Rwanda is not that we are more civilized, but because there are people in the land that are administrating peace. And I'm not talking about your natural government. I'm talking about spiritual government. That's what keeps a land from falling into chaos. Is people who access a realm and release an administration of the peace of heaven. The only reason there is peace anywhere at any time is because it comes from heaven. And if it comes from heaven, there are people administering that into the earth. You hear, hear what I'm saying? And that's why, <laughs> that's why we have a responsibility in our nation. And that's why we can't blame the unsaved when things are getting worse or da-da-da-da, wherever it is. We are the administrators. administrators. Mm. So, Father, we say today, increase our faith. Father, increase our vision of spiritual things to know that these things have actual substance, that these things are in fact more real, that the invisible things sustain the visible things, that the world which is seen is made up of the world which is not seen, and the world which is not seen dictates to the world that is seen. Father, in Jesus' name, give us eyes to see. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God.
So, Michael, Tamara, bless you. We, we're so happy to have you. Why don't you come, Michael? Michael's got a great revelation for us this morning. Awesome. It's great to be here. Yeah, I got something a little different, but I think it will ring. And, uh, in fact, some of the things I'm going to share is uh, something that's going to be taking place global. And so I believe that God is going to spark it here and that some things are going to happen. Uh, before I really get into this, uh, yeah, Tamara, you have anything you want to share? Uh, not even a little something? Just come and say hi. And That was just an awesome, awesome worship. I just have to say thank you to the worship team because it was an amazing morning. And I just feel like I am walking on air and... Uh, glowing and just oozing glory, I guess, because it's just been a powerful, powerful morning, and I love it. Um, I will share with you a couple little things that have helped me along the way, and you may already be doing this, you may not, but Michael is such a great resource, and when I struggle with things, he has quick, easy things to, to help me. So um, one of the things is that uh, for me, and I'm sure for many, there are things in, in your past that you just assume not remember, uh, that you not dwell on, because every time you do, it brings it back, it makes it fresh again. So uh, he has a great teaching on how to forget. He wrote a book on Total Recall, has a teaching on how to forget. <laughs> so you got both ends of the spectrum. Anyway, a short version is very simple for me when there is something that's coming back and now it's very, it's less and less and less all the time. I simply take, when I start to have that thought, I simply take and put it in the river of life and I watch it go down the stream. And the river starts out slow and, you know, just like a lovely river that it is. And as it moves down and as I see it kind of bobbing and going deeper and deeper and deeper, the river gets faster and faster and faster and churning until it, it just pulls it down and it's not there anymore. And so every time I, you know, start to have something, that's what I do with it. The other thing is um, that I have found to be very helpful is that um, when you have those thoughts that we all have, well, I assume we all have them. I don't think I'm unique in that way. Uh, about things that, you know, you hear those voices. And they're not, you know that's not the voice of God because they're not exalting you. They're not building you up. Uh, they're not edifying you. So you know if it doesn't mit hit that criteria, it's not the voice of God. So when I hear those voices and they're saying things like, I don't know, you can't do this or you can't do that or... Uh, you know, yeah, all the things that, that, that the enemy is constantly feeding you to take away. Uh, when I hear those, I take those pesky little critters, and I just throw those in the river of fire. And I just watch them, and they just flow down that river of fire, and they burn right up. And so, of course, you know, after I've gone to court and done everything I need to do on that end of it, close those gates to make sure that they're not coming back and work hard not to reopen the gates. That's been a learning experience. So anyway, uh, for me, those are two little tidbits. And, and another thing on controlling thoughts, you know, you control your thoughts, and I'm working on that. But one of the things that I do on that is when I start to feel that I'm kind of drifting, I just start giving God glory. And I just start repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And then 
all of a sudden it's not there anymore. All of a sudden it's a really positive, great place. So now what I'm working on, well, I'm constantly working on everything, but my focus right now is learning to take my atmosphere with me. Well, I already do, but learning to be aware of it and to just, um, to just give that out. You know, when you see people and you can see they're hurting or you just, there's just a sense of something, I just try to make sure that I'm sharing that, that I'm just giving them that positive energy, that I, I'm just feeding their spirit in whatever way I can. And I know I have a long ways to go to do that, to do it really effectively. But you know what it's like I said last night, it's all about faith. I believe that I can do this. And so every day when I wake up, you know, my first thought is, good morning, Lord, what are we going to do today? And every night when I go to bed, it is, good night, Lord, thank you for such an awesome day. And uh, so little by little, you know, it's getting there. But it's a process, like Mark says, it's a process. So anyway, thank you so much. It has been so great to be here. Thank you again. I look forward to coming back and spending some more time with you guys sometime. And there you are, uh, when you were worshiping, uh, when we were worshiping, Tamara leaned over to me and she goes, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to learn to fly. <laughs> and then I laughed, right? And I was like, yeah. She goes, uh, no, serious. <laughs> I was like, all right, that is awesome. Uh, there are a lot of shocking things, you know, because it's part of defying gravity. Uh, I spoke last night about different laws of physics and how in the future we will be breaking those laws of physics in a very powerful way. Um, I'm going to start off. <laughs> I know everybody's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, just to shock you, if I can kind of just set the precedence on all of this, um, uh, I'm a I actually know a couple people that when they minister, uh, they get into the spirit and the kingdom of God, certain things happen. And they, they defy gravity. They literally elevate. And uh, that'll shock you. And, uh, of course, you know, other people look there and go, what the heck? And it's just breaking the, the, the laws of physics. And, you know, we used to look at things like that and go, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I felt a glitch there in the force. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we need to realize that when Moses went to Pharaoh, and did the thing, what did Pharaoh, was, able, was he able to match any of the miracles? Okay. Uh, do you think that was the first time the Egyptian uh, magicians or whatever they were did that? No. They had done that before. Sometimes we take this religious posture that anything the enemy has done we, that we've only seen the enemy do first is automatically the enemy's domain. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's a lie. So somebody says, you know, somebody levitated. Oh, that's what those monks over there and, you know, those Buddhists and that's what, you know, and that's occult and that's demonic. Okay, listen, God owns these things. He did them first. He, anything the enemy does is only a mimicking of what he saw and knows God can do. Realize that. Change, shift that mindset because it keeps us like where I felt this like, what, uh, what is this new age? What are we doing? Okay. God started everything. Glory. So, uh, anyhow, Tamara wants me to fix the pant leg on my shoe because it, <laughs> it, it, it drives her crazy, you know. Um, yeah, she, I'm a little bit bright sometimes, you know, and I stand out. 
And uh, actually, I dress this way for you because uh, this, is, this is an expression of who you are, and I'm going to get into a little bit of that. And uh, before I do, I just kind of want to start out the gate and a couple things. I'm looking for a person. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I, I'm, I need to see this person. Let me, let me scour a bit. I have to just kind of like scan the room. Um, oh, you. It's you. Oh, yes. It's you. Go ahead and just, go ahead and just stay right there. So um, you're an artist in the sense of, of the artistic ability that God has given to you, how you see, how you perceive. But you're also a writer. There's some things that God put in you that you're going to write. It's going to set people free. You're just going to come into all of these different things that are going on. But you actually represent the future in the sense of who you are. But you're prophetic. You have a strong prophetic expression upon your life. You're a seer. In other words, you're able to see artistically into things concerning the future. Uh, just all of these different things that will invite people in to engage with God in a very powerful way. You actually represent kind of a uh, something that's going to happen in this place in the future, and it's very artistic. And so there's many places in the world that you will go to because of what you develop, what you put together, and all the things that people will participate concerning that, and it's just open up a wide door. So you're at the brink of that now, but it's going to be huge, and your name will be known all over. So I just wanted to say that to you. And... Uh, there was, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm kind of just touching a few things. Um, uh, you have a wife? Where is she? Where's your wife? Huh? In, in the back there? Okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> are you standing back there because you don't want to sit by your husband? Oh, because you have a child. Oh, you're embarrassed? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So, uh, uh, a, a few things here. Government. Uh, there's some things that God is going to do, and I need to say this to you, that uh, there is a, a, a field of government that you're going to rise up in, that you're both going to rise up in. And I know that kind of like you're like whatever, but I'm actually speaking about something that is beyond, you know, the moment to where you're at. But you're going to rise up really strong in fields of government. Uh, there's things that you're going to put together. You have an, an amazing mind. There's certain things that are in you that are, that, that are huge. There's things that you will write. But, but this whole, uh, you, it's like your marriage is a governmental marriage. Uh, in the sense of the influence that it's going to have in different fields. Doors are going to open up because of certain things that you're going to bring to the table, how you perceive the administration of all of that. It's going to rise up. Now, I could talk about other aspects of your life that you're doing, but I'm focusing on government. And because I, I'm speaking to that realm for it to rise up in you because of the favor of God that is upon your life and that's going to open up for you and you will move into those fields and administrate things in a very powerful way. And you will connect to other governments because of the nature of the thing that God is working upon you and in you and the things that you will help them to put together in a very powerful way. God is strategically going to move you in there as a solving problem as a problem solver so to speak of en enabling them to incorporate things put things together and administrate government in the way that he's destined to administrate it in this land so that is a gateway that's going to open up to you in a, in a very powerful way and there was um, 
There was, uh, there was, uh, oh, I think it was you. It was you. Yeah, yeah. So I just see you building things. I see things being developed, certain things that will, that are going to be just huge. They're going to, hmm. I get, I get these little rushes once in a while when I'm speaking. It's like, woo! <laughs> but anyhow, God is using you in a very powerful way. And you're now just, you're about ready to crest over into a, a, great, uh, a great field of development where things will begin to rise on a level that you've never seen before, never dreamed before. You've been doing certain things, but it's going to, you're going to come into this sense of development. I see land, acquiring land, certain things rising up on those properties, and people are going to come and occupy those and so forth, and it will increase again and again and again. And so God is just saying, whatever you see, you will be able to build. I see architects surrounding you, all of these different things that are happening, in the kingdom, in the spirit. And the Lord says, in this year and next year especially, great things will open up to you. And I see all kinds of people working for you and uh, just everything just coming together in a powerful way. So I'm saying this to say that you truly are a builder, a kingdom builder. And so God is raising you up and all of those that are connected to you and a part of your life, part of your family to bring you into this time and season. In Jesus' name. Glory! Okay, I'll probably do a little more, but we'll just see how all that goes. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I felt like God wanted to kickstart some things to just kind of stir uh, some things up. And uh, because one of the things that I was entertaining as you were worshiping, and uh, I haven't even uh, talked to Mark about this, <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I saw was first the Lord gave me this phrase, school of creators, but it's, but it's also a school of arts. And so uh, I, I want to just break down a couple things. Again, I'm very, I'm very spontaneous in what I do, what I say. I had this other thing kind of going on, but I felt like, you know, the Lord was showing me something. And the reason I'm saying this is because across this nation and literally across the world, something is about ready to happen uh, in, in the field. In fact, uh, all the, uh, the things that I said to the people actually deals with the school of creators. You're, you're, you're in the field that you are in to create something, to develop something, to put something together. And it all relates to government. But there is a, uh, a, another term would be the school of arts. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to uh, this phrase, uh, a, a, a school of creators. And I'm going to give you a, a definition of what the word create means. Uh, the word create means to bring something into existence. And it reminds me of the passage of Scripture that says we call upon the things that are not as though they are. And so that means that you actually see something that is not visible, and then you bring it into the invisible realm. It doesn't exist in the natural now, but you have the ability to see something beyond the natural realm, and you bring it into existence. You carry that ability. That's what makes you a creator. That's actually what makes you a co-creator with God. It is part of your DNA in the kingdom of God. That's why you're able to do what you do, and, but you, we do it on a minute level, but we're destined to create at a much higher level. And so there's, there's different things in us. Sometimes people operate 
out of, uh, or they're controlled by fear. And so we're going to deal with that today because fear will actually keep you from stepping out into the, into the uh, determined purpose that God has for you. You'll see something, but it feels bigger than you. It feels further than your reach, but yet it pulls on you. You know that it's really God doing something. And so you're learning the timing of God in that, but sometimes what happens is, is people go oh, past their time to actually step into it, and they move on to something else. And so that's, that's really uh, not a good thing, and so we have to learn the, t- the, the timing of the Lord. I, I, I feel like I want to speak today, too, in the sense of what you, some of you will be doing in heaven and I don't know if I, have I talked about that here? We, oh, we were talking about that at, the, at our, at, at our yesterday, yesterday morning thing. And so my point is this, is that there are many things that you do on earth that might relate to what you will be doing in heaven. You know, I used to think that when I literally enter into the, the kingdom of heaven and since beyond this realm, that I'd just be lying down, people would be feeding me grapes and they'd be fanning me and say, good job, you did a great job, you know, a good servant, you know, doing all this and I'm just going to, you know, sleep for, you know, eternity and everything will just be great and wonderful. And I can eat whatever I want and I won't get fat and it won't matter, whatever, because, you know, everything will just be hunky-dory. I have a new body and so forth and so on. But the reality is is that you will be very productive. You're going to be engaged in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, You're going to be more engaged than than you were on the earth because the thing about heaven is that you won't deal with the limitations that you were dealing with on the earth. So then that that raises the standard even higher because then you're able to do things that are beyond anything that you would actually imagine in the earth realm and so a lot of people are actually doing many different things on the earth that they will actually be doing in heaven in the sense of construction development all of this because it's not just a matter of oh we're going to sit and just watch everything grow they people are actively involved there's forms of government in heaven unlike the government that is on the earth it is a government that literally depicts the the kingdom of god the expansion of god it literally defines all of the different things that god wants to manifest in a very powerful way so I always use the phrase my kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven And so we're here to manifest that government up there. That's why it's important to engage with heaven. That's why it's important to to enter into those fields of understanding because if you don't, then you will be acting out of a level of memory of something that is in you. I call it Total Recall. It's a book that I wrote, Total Recall, about how to bring yourself into remembrance of the purpose and destiny that God has for your life. And so it's a whole nother deal. One of the things that Tamara mentioned about learning to forget is that learning to, one of the keys, I'm just going to step, step on this just really just for a second, but learning to forget is, is learning not to rehearse your past. You see, what happens is, is people will constantly talk about something previously that wasn't healthy, wasn't good or whatever, and they'll keep bringing it up again and again. Every time you bring that up, it actually restores or reinvents that all over again, so you're constantly rehearsing that. So if you want to leave the past behind and move on, stop rehearsing it. Stop going and visiting that 
old thing, whatever it was that, that, that you didn't like, that you, that you didn't want to happen or whatever, and move on. And if you move on, it will begin to fade away because now you're projecting toward the future, counting all things lost, and moving toward the future and advancing into that. So that's just a little tidbit that if you're struggling on how to forget or how to move on, that's a little thing that you can do. So let me lean into this idea of, of, a, uh, of, of a school of arts or what it is to be creator. When I say a school of arts or, or a school of creators, I'm not talking about your standard school of arts. I'm not talking about just people learning to do certain things, you know, in the natural, though, though a lot of that is important and it will certainly be applicable to everything that goes on, everything that rises up. But I, I, this is one of the things that I perceived is that the, just even the group that is in here right now, that at one level or another, you're extremely artistic. I didn't, extremely artistic. And so that means that you have a creative uh, thing going on inside of you that's stirring you, that you're constantly seeing life maybe in a different perspective, that there's something in you that's constantly, you know, doing whatever. And so that's really the kingdom of God drawing you into a place to where you can learn to be a co-creator with him. Because in heaven, you will be creators. You will create things at a different level. You will create things, again, beyond all the obstacles. They won't be in your way anymore. And so you'll begin to grow up into the reality of your full potential and your ability to do that. When people cannot produce at the level that they feel that they would like to produce, they get frustrated. They feel depressed. Sometimes an unhealthy relationship can be a man and a woman, and there can be a dominance in that family where Maybe the male is the dominant figure and it literally suppresses the creativity in, in the wife, in the children or whatever. And so all of a sudden what happens is, is those individuals will become depressed because it, th- that means that the, the creativity in them, the design in them is not being encouraged to rise up to be lifted up, but all of a sudden, when that is taken off, when they're able to rise up and do that, then they begin to flourish, and they begin to enter into a field of cooperation with the Spirit of God, with the kingdom of God, and they're able to do what they were called to do. And that's why it's important that we encourage one another. Whenever I'm speaking to Tamara, I'm always telling her about her full potential. I I never look at her as someone who is just starting, doing whatever. I look at her from the perspective of her full potential. I get glimpses of who she is in the kingdom of heaven. And so I speak to her from that perspective, how God sees her. God doesn't see her limited. He doesn't see her as someone who cannot arise to the occasion. He doesn't see her as someone who is running behind or whatever. He already sees her in the reality of what she was destined and called to be. So what God does with her, it speaks into that every day. This is who you are. This is who you're purposed to be. This is how I see you. So it doesn't matter how many times you feel that you fall short or you fail or you should have, would have, could have, or whatever those factors are. God is never holding that again. 
against you. He is always looking at his design for you, the potential that you are. And as a good parent, that's what we should always do with our children. We're not holding all the things that we wish they should have, could have, or you know, would have, or whatever, but we're looking at them from the, from the perspective of the intended purpose and intent of God inside of them and what he is destined for them to do to be not only in earth but in heaven. So heaven is a place that we are to engage in, not when we die, because you already, you know, the physical death, you already died the necessary death to get into heaven. Jesus paid that price for you, and when he arose, we arose with him, and we gained access beyond the veil. So it was rent into the, the place that was only allowed for certain holy people. It was ripped apart, and then he said, come and follow me. And he gave us access into the kingdom realms of heaven. So right now, when you are thinking about something, when you're going to design something, when you're putting something together, you're actually, many times you are seen from the perspective of heaven and you don't even realize it. You'll have certain structures, you'll have certain ways of doing this. Certain things that you're going to create are oftentimes a type and shadow of things that exist in heaven. And so it's like the tabernacle of Moses. It says that Moses created this tabernacle, which was a type and shadow of the true tabernacle in heaven. And it says, but Jesus entered into that true tabernacle not the one that was made by Moses, but the one that was in heaven. So imagine Moses actually built something on the earth that was a prototype of the real deal that exists in heaven. So there's things that you will do on earth that is actually a prototype of what is in heaven. And so it's an identity crisis that we often we go through life Things try to interfere with our ability to identify with our true state in the kingdom of God. Let me just speak something to you. Hold in, hold in your, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, so God has actually brought you through an identity crisis. He has brought you through, you know, like there was some things that were just really confusing all this stuff. And, and you are amazing. You have amazing insight about you. I see like certain fashions, certain things that will rise up. You will, people will actually have a certain look about them because of your ability to see things in a certain way. And so God is literally bringing you out of one realm to bring you into another realm, bringing you into an identity of who you really are in the kingdom of God, how you are perceived from heaven. And I see multiple colors, all kinds of different things that it, just going through your mind, going through your hands, all of these things that you you're creating and people going, oh, I want that, I want that. So you are literally a man of the nations. And a time will come when God will connect you with other people that will kind of have this same creative ability that you have and able to see all of this wear, all of these different things that are, that are going on. And there's also a sound that is inside of you that will incorporate with that. Will it, it actually enables you to see more creatively and able to move into that sound and it causes something to shift and move inside of you so now get ready to see yourself in a way that you've never seen yourself before and God is saying you are my son you are the one that I've chosen from the very foundations of the earth and I'm going to exalt you I'm going to lift you up I'm going to bring you into a field of identity and other people that are struggling in that identity of who they are in the kingdom of God you will be a bridge for them to come across into the reality of who they are destined to be in the kingdom So, 
You know, I, I love this about the Lord because of how he is able to bridge us over into, into the multiple, uh, multiple dimensions. I always say we're multidimensional. And for those of you that, you know, have never heard me speak like that before, you are multidimensional beings. That means that you occupy heaven, you occupy earth, you occupy, occupy multiple levels at the same time. You're a multiple, multi, multiple uh, multidimensional beings. And so that means that you can actually be multitasking. I'm not a very good multitasker. I got to be honest with you. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, Tamara helps me a lot. I'm like, you know, I'll be driving. Oh, leave me. I'm just driving. I just got to drive, you know, and, uh, and my driving isn't all that great because sometimes I just go somewhere and, you know, and I'm driving and, and I shouldn't be going somewhere. I should be paying attention to what, what I'm doing in driving. So there's all of these different things that go on and, and I have to kind of work my way through it. But nonetheless, we are capable of multitasking because we are multidimensional beings. And this generation is multitasked more than ever before, able to do multiple things at the same time. And it's because of the nature of God, the nature of the kingdom of God that is within us that enables us to do that in a very powerful way. Um, let me give you a, a, uh, uh, just a, another definition of school of creators. Because when I give you this definition, it actually defines a lot of people that are in this place today. Authors, writers, designers, makers, producers, inventors, architects, masterminds, homemakers. On goes a story. That is really the school of creators. Because believe it or not, in the kingdom of heaven, all of that exists at one level or another. There are people that are watching over children. We were talking about this before. I don't know how the growth actually works in the kingdom of heaven. I'm learning, and I'll get more insight as to what that is, but there, there are children. Uh, there are, you know, uh, different levels of, of growth that, you know, that's going on. It's not that all of a sudden you're instantaneously, you know, this old or that old. However, I do know that when people are, are elderly and they enter into the kingdom of God and they get their new body, you know, it's like they're in their 20s, you know, late 20s, somewhere in there. Is, there is kind of this, this cap where you, you don't actually grow old, even though I have met or seen, I hope this isn't scary to you, but I've seen uh, certain prophetic people that th they, they look old, but they're not old. It's just the color of their hair or certain things that are going on and of who they are and so forth and so on. Everything that I'm talking to you about is a field of access that God wants to give to you so that you will discover more and more who you are in the spirit in the kingdom of God. And so I, I feel energized whenever I get around people who are, who are very artistic at any level, who are able to be imaginative, who are able to create with their thinking at any level, whether you're out in the garden and you're planting, all of that is part of creative ability. Putting things in their pot, Tamara is, you know, very into that. I mean, our, you know, our backyard is just pots and flowers and, you know, and I mean, just on goes the story. It's just all, everything, everything. Everywhere, you know, and it's all lovely. And, and she's like, oh, that's so nice. But, you know, but anyhow, I end up being the caretaker of all of that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, part of me is like, oh, no. Well, I would like this. Sure you would. Yeah, and I'll be sure to water that too. And, oh, honey, this isn't getting watered. Okay, I'll take care of that too, you know. 
And so I'm constantly behind the scenes. Okay, Lord, cut it off, cut it off, you know. We got too many plants, we got too many trees, you know, we got all this stuff going on. And so you become the caretaker of all that. But however, I do like the beauty of it. I do like all of the, the colors, you know, and the life of it. So that's the price, right? That if you want all of those different things that are going on, then that's the reality of it. But that is a... That is a, a real artistic, creative ability that people have. And so, you know, if I were to go to different people's homes, if I was to go to your home, the lady in the white and the gray and so forth, I would see that in, at your place because of all the, the color, all the different things, not only outside of your house, but inside of your house. The greenery of everything that you're doing, you, actually, you're an artist. You're very, you're, you have thing, other things that you do that are very artistic in the nature of what it is, and God's going to expand you in that in a very powerful way. But that brings life. You're a woman of life. And, and in fact, I see you, I, I just saw you like overcoming something, overcoming death, like something that was going on in the past or something that took place or whatever. But, but you, you, you crossed over that, that you got, you got past that. You're in a new day, in a new season. And so God is really doing some powerful things in your life. Your future is amazing, but you're very creative. And that creative reality is going to open many doors up to you because, oh, that's what it is it's about life not about death it's about life and so uh, this is a new season in your life and God is going to do some amazing and powerful things anyhow okay so what I was saying is that is that this this really is like a very in uh, a very uh, important thing that God has put within our care because he's saying create 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 Create, because every time you create, every time you form something out of nothing, a window opens up in the spirit, in the kingdom of God. Something expands. Something takes place that enables people to step through that door. Every time you invent something, I know there are inventors in this place. You're working on something. You have an understanding about how something works, and you're putting certain things together, and that invention actually opens up a gateway in the spirit. And, and once you open that up, once you step into that, then it's a gateway that future people will step into at a higher level. They will take it to the next level and the next level and the next level. And so the forefathers before you, that as they went into things in the spirit, in the kingdom of God, those who pursued the things after the, after the kingdom of God, they opened up gateways and doors for you to enter in and go to the next level. And for the one after you to go to the next level. And that's how the kingdom of God works that's why it's ever expanding we know that scientifically all of creation we were just talking about this last night briefly about all of creation is not only expanding but it is increasingly expanding at a higher rate it is accelerating but that's really because of who you are you're actually creating at another level the acceleration of creation is moving beyond the perimeters and I know that even as I'm talking about things like this, that there are people like on, you know, certain levels going, what, what is all this? What, what, you know, what is this about? And so forth. Well, because I'm a man of glory. 
I'm a, I, you are people of glory. We're not, about, we're not about a dark future. We're about a future of hope because that's what Jesus did. You see, Jesus was a person of hope. He was a, 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 the son of God in the flesh that came to deposit hope in a people that would enable them to break through all of the barriers and all of the intensities that God is in. God is doing an increase in uh, all four of you right here. Yeah, you, 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 you. You're, you're at it. It's like you were, it's like you stepped into some water and it was like at your ankles. <laughs> and, and, and I just saw you like going into the water and it's like getting a little deeper. You're like, okay, uh, do we want to go to this? You know, get in this a little deeper. And it's God inviting you into something deeper and greater. Increase is, a, is, is upon you, all of you. There is an abundance that you're stepping into, your owners. I see, I see like stores. I see all kinds of different things that will develop, that will rise up in a very powerful way. And God is just introducing you to a future that you've, you're just at the beginning of it. You're at the beginning stages of it. I see the things that you are doing that is going to go beyond the Canadian border. It's going to go into the U.S., certain things that that you will step into the mind that you have and this pertains to all of you different creativity administration that is upon your life the because you are an administrator you're a woman of order you have certain things there you inherited it but you're you're moving though more and more into that in a powerful way so you can you when you do business because you will be an owner more and more and when you go into a place it looks out of order out of place chaotic you will bring order to it and it will produce higher and so I see a Counting, I see all kinds of different things happening, but my point in bringing this to play is because you are literally a generation that is going to rise up, open a gateway, a door for people to prosper at a level that they've never prospered before. You will not be the tail, but you will be the head. And so you're rising up in this time and season to do that. It's, uh, you know... This is the thing about creativity and this is the thing about productivity is because when you begin to, when you're in the room, uh, just in a room like this with so many people that carry this, it's like swimming in it. And, you know, one of the things that I like to do uh, and... You know, everybody has, we all have a level of the Spirit of God that is working in us. So one thing that God has, has uh, that I do, and you do too, but you really might not recognize it. And so I've learned to recognize it, that you carry an aspect of the kingdom of God inside of you. You carry revelation in you. So many things that I see is because of what you carry, the Lord shows me. And so in this sense, you are connected to me and I'm connected to you. Why? Because the same spirit that is in you of the kingdom of God is in me. And so therefore, God will show you information about other people for the purpose of edifying, exhorting them, and building them up, encouraging Encouraging them to go in. So there's a lot of revelation that I can enter into because of the revelation that you carry. And, and so I've learned to just like step into a place and begin to gather that. And while we might think that is strange or like, woo, that's out there, that's actually what you do every day. When you're in business or you're doing what you're doing, you're around other people that are doing different things that they're doing and you're getting their ideas and, and maybe more verbally, but there is still a 
perception about you that you're picking up on certain things and the abilities uh, and the capabilities that people have. You are, you are engaging with that. Every time you walk into a store, every time you go somewhere else, there's something happening. You're seeing something, how things are operating, what people are buying, what is going on. You're engaging with all of these uh, open manifestations. If you can do that in the natural, how much more can you do it in the spirit? That when you come in and you're around certain people, all of a sudden you get the sense of where they're at, what God is doing. You see, when God can trust you, that's the key. You see, God wants to show you the heart of everybody around you, not to degrade, not to expose, not to you know, suppress or whatever, but to courage, to lift up, to edify, because it's all on the basis of love. And this is the funny thing about love. We go through life and there's a lot of things that don't work or happen the way that we like them. And all of a sudden, we get a little bit oppressed, we get a little bit discouraged, and it's because it's like, okay, well, you know, if, if, if this is all that it's supposed to be, why aren't I, you know, getting this? And why isn't this happening for me? And why did that go wrong? And, and we go through all of these things, and all of these things the enemy uses as a reason against you to not really stand in faith and trust and believe. So I feel like one of the issues that we all have to settle is that if you never received anything else, if you never accomplished anything else, you have to come to the point to where the reward of God's love is sufficient. The reward of God's love, a love that surpasses all understanding, a love that elevates you, a love that gives you the opportunity that even if you were to leave this world today and enter into the eternal field, a realm of the kingdom of God, love will be waiting to receive you into the abundance of that love without hindrance, without any type of, you know, of, uh, of lack of understanding of, of what it is and what it's about. And so the point is, we've started on the top, not the bottom. No matter no matter what goes wrong, the wrong can actually happen for right reasons. And all we got to do is look at certain characters in the Bible. We look at Job, where really Job went through all what he went through, not for the wrong reasons, but for the right reasons. You see, Job was accused of, of serving God, loving God because of his possessions, because of what he had. And so the, the enemy came and said, well, if you took this from him, or if you moved your protection, which all of you have, if you just were to move that out of the way, he would curse you. He would not do this he's only doing it because of what he has given to you or what you have given to him and so the lord you know is now this is a test of love and you know the story okay go ahead take the stuff and not only did he allow him to take the stuff but he lost loved ones and but the point was it was a test of love it was a test of the heart because god looked at job and i said i and said i know that job loves me for who I am. I know that it's not because of all the, the stuff that is there, all these other things, even though they have value. I know it's not that. I know it's because of me. And so we look at the story where he walks through and all of these people come along trying to encourage him to curse God and to move on because he's not getting what he wants. But at the end of the day, what, what Job had was truly the love of God. And what Job manifested toward God was his love. And, of course, you know that at the end that something happened that he multiplied profoundly in every area. 
And I know that no one can ever replace a loved one, but that exhibits still the love that Job had toward God. Because even though his family became stronger, even though his families grew, it, didn't, it couldn't replace the ones that were lost, but there was a reality that was inside of Job when he was engaging with God that enabled him to say, you know what? The love of God is my reward. The love of God is my reward. And oftentimes we get into self-pity and we get into all of these different facets of life because things are not working the way that we want them to work and we're ready to walk out the door as if to say that God's love is not sufficient. But the fact is that we have to settle the issue. And I felt like even today that in the, in, in the worship, I could feel the impact. I wrote a, a little note about just the reward of God's love and, and, and confirming that in my heart that if I never experience an, another you know, great thing, I want you to know, God, that this journey has been amazing. And your love is worth it. That if I never received anything else, your love is sufficient. And everything that is distributed to you, everything that you receive, whether it is healing or if it's something in the natural, all of that really in one fashion or another is connected to the love of God. And so I see this house as a house that is, that is really rising up into a greater depth of God's love. That we're not coming to the table every day and expecting a payday. And if we don't get the payday, then we're going to turn around and go look for something else to occupy our time or to go into this. You need to settle the issue today that the love of God is a sufficient reward for anything and everything that you need. And I tell you that it will affect your children and your children's children because if you will take on that mind and you will step into that reality and you will convey that and you will manifest that, then you will see something happen in them. Something will take place in them because they will realize. You see, the greatest thing that you can give your child is not the home, not the car, not all of the stuff, but the greatest thing that will carry them through the ages of their life is the love that you give to them. And so they won't even know that they don't have anything. They won't even know that something's empty because if they have that, if they receive that, if they know that in their heart, when they get into a very tough situation, when they get into a very intense time in their life, the love that was ministered to them, the love that was conveyed to them, it will, they will, it will be strong enough to lift them up. And to me, that is the revelation of the prodigal son, that when he found himself in just in the emptiness of everything, I believe that he was reflecting on the love of his father. I see it was about stuff. It was about this and that. But when he got right down, it seems in the mire pig stall of life that all of a sudden the reality hit him. Wait a minute, what I had was greater. And he wasn't just talking about all of the things. He was talking about a father that loved him. And we know that's true because when the father saw him, he rejoiced over him. He didn't accuse him. He didn't say, see, you went and blew it. You, you threw it all out the window. You could have had this and you could have had that. He did what love does and says, now bring the best and put a coat on him and treat him like royalty. Why? Because that's what love does. And that's what God did through Jesus Christ, that when he rose up from the grave, he treated you like royalty and looks at you like royalty today. 
He's not counting all of the things that you've done right, done wrong, or whatever. There is a reward in that, but you need to understand that the distribution of reward comes to you even when you don't deserve it. And this is what I love about the Father. There are many, many things that I've received in my life. There were many, many things that were, that were bestowed upon me even when I was in my worst condition. And when I was in my worst condition and God kept loving me and loving me when I felt like, why are you loving me? And, and I remember times and emotions that I would go through. Why are you loving me? I don't deserve this. But it was because of that continual love, that ongoing revelation, that sense of pull, that it, was, it, it didn't matter. I mean, it mattered, but it didn't matter. And then, then it hit me, oh my gosh. God just loves me. He loves me. He's not holding my past against me. He's not holding all the things that I wish I would have or could have. He's not holding any of that against me. He truly, genuinely loves me I had a brief moment I'm going to go in and out of love meaning that I'm going to I'm going to talk about creative things and I'm going to talk about lovely things because creative things are an expression of God's love that there's something in it see all of creation reveals the attributes of God and all of the attributes of God in one way or another are based on the love of God. And so all of the attributes of God reveal that reality in the kingdom of God. I got a new phone and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it because, oh there, okay now I like it. I didn't like it a couple of minutes ago but I like it now. I'm just manifesting to you our behavior sometimes. <laughs> I didn't like life two minutes now. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Your reward is love. Jeremiah says this, Jeremiah 31.3. I have loved you, and he's expressing, this is an expression of God toward him. I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have drawn you with loving kindness. And that is really... That is really the power of it, is that God, even people when they were in their worst state, when I was in my worst state, God kept drawing me with loving kindness. He wasn't there to accuse me, wasn't trying to put me down. I was doing a good enough job myself. But he was drawing on me with loving kindness. Let me read another one to you out of Romans 5, 5. And hope does not disappoint because of the love of God has been poured out within our, our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You see, hope, because of the love of God, it sustains hope. You can actually enter into a level of intimacy and relationship with the Father so intensely that hope never dies. Even when you see things that appear to be hopeless, and even when things are not working in the manner that you would like them to be, in the love of God, hope you're never disappointed why because your foundation is based on that reality and then in first corinthians 2 9 it says this but just as it is written things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard 
and which have not entered into the heart of men all that God has prepared for those who love him. So I think part of the resolve that you have to come to is that you simply have to settle the issue. I love God. I love God. See, it's not, we're not, see, when we say that, there's, there's some might feel, well, I don't love him as much as I should, and we go into the, no, 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 no. Just shuttle, just like, just like we understand faith, faith, there's certain measures of faith that are given to us, but the idea is operate on the measure that you have and the increase, so therefore, I love God. It, it, it might appear that other people love God more than I do, but in my heart, I love God. In my heart, I love him with all that is within me. I love God. And you have to lean into that because when you do, then you haven't seen anything yet. That's when you begin to step through the door and you begin to engage in a very powerful way. I just want to speak to the intercession and the propheticness that is upon your life. Yeah, you. Wearing the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just see you just as an intense woman in the kingdom of God, and there's just some amazing things that are in you, your perception. You really have a, a keen sight about you. And even though you have all of these business things about you as well, you are a woman in the kingdom of God that you're very perceptive. And I see you not like, not like an old traditional intercessor, but you lean into the hopefulness that when you are around people, people receive hope from you. They re you you're able to encourage them and to get them to stand their course or stay their course and move into all these directions. And God loves that about you. The love of God is in you is very intense and it's very powerful and very glorious and God is opening up many things for you. There were opportunities that you had that came to you that you could have really gained something from even on a personal level, but you chose not to go there because of the love of God that is working in you. And God says, I haven't forgotten that. I have seen that. I know how that is. And I want you to know that there is a reward that you are gaining in this life right now. There's something happening in this year of an increase of God that is coming to you. God says, you will not be alone. And there is something that is about ready to transpire. I see you being relocated into just like a new place. Something is about ready to happen. And God said, you are in a moment of restoration on a level that you have never seen before, but there is a grace that is working on your behalf. I see a reunion, a unique reunion, something that is like un unpredicted, unexpected, but it will catch you by surprise and something will happen. It's like a seed that has been planted that you're not even aware of what was planted, but it will take place and it will literally, you'll go, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So get ready because everything is being rearranged in your life in a glorious way and you will see it happen in 2007. It will be into a great epicenter. Jesus, Jesus. Okay, let me just stay on this one little thought. Let me, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. You see, this is interesting. You know what I was going to speak about? I was going to speak about what it means to be equal with God. Now, that's weighty. And that's really powerful because people don't see themselves. But I have tons of scriptures to show you the equality. You see, the Bible says that Jesus did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And so our definition of equal 
is not like, oh, I'm, I'm exactly, you know, I can, everything, you know, like his, everything that has to do with God, beginning, that's not what the word equal, it means to be in, in the same likeness. And so Jesus didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but yet submitted himself, gave himself over to the thing that's there. And the reason I'm saying this, I get so tired of religion. I get so tired of religion that it's constantly trying to demean, that it's constantly trying to, be, well, you're not really that, you know, you're not really that great. We got we to get delivered of that mentality. I mean, to me, that is ludicrous. Because to God, I am royalty. To, I mean, we can, we can go back into the garden that when they did what they did, oh, when they committed, you know, went contrary to the will of God, oh, now man will be, will be like us in the sense of knowledge and good and evil, and they can eat of the tree of life. And so there was an interception that took place in that moment. But the point is this, is that when Jesus came upon the earth and manifested to us, he brought us into a restoration. And if anything, God wants you to know that you are like him. And that the abilities that you have surpass anything that you have ever known. You are not an orphan. And there's, there's religion will try to make you seem like you're an orphan. It will make you seem like that you are so less than and everything else is greater than. And the reality is, is that the time will come that you will rule over angels. And the reason that you will do that in that capacity is because you are a son, you are a daughter of God. And what God is saying, I don't want you to wait until you come into the full revelation of what that is really about. I don't want you to allow a spirit of false humility trying to keep you suppressed because false humility will come in many different ways and the object of that is to control you and it is to stunt your growth. And so when Tamara came into our relationship, I could have went beside her and said, well, honey, I know many things that you don't know. I have all of these experiences in my belt. I have all of these different things that I've engaged with God and the revelations that I have walked in and on goes the story. But when I, and, and there's, there's times when you'll hear her talk, well, you know, Michael, you know, he's done this, he helped me this or whatever. But that's not because of me, like, oh, you know, know your place. Why? Because I see her from a kingdom perspective. I see her as a mature daughter in the kingdom of God. I see her as one that engages with heaven. I see her as somebody that is not hindered in any way. I see her as someone that is faith, that is, has the ability to even exceed the faith that I have. Why? Because that is the mind of God toward me. That in my worst moment, he, wouldn't, he wasn't looking at me and saying, oh, you poor child, you just, you, know, you just don't have this and you don't. No, Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. He went through all of that crap because of the joy that was set before him. He saw us in our state. He leaned into that and he was willing to do that because of the joy of knowing that the sons and daughters of God would come upon the earth. 
And it's time we began to, you see, if I'm prophetically going to speak to somebody, and this is what I'm doing more and more, if I prophetically speak to somebody, I'm gonna, I want to speak to you according to your residence in heaven, not your residence just on earth. I want to speak to you according to your occupation in heaven and not your occupation on the earth. Why? Because then I'm able to see you from a heavenly perspective, not just an earthly perspective. I'm able to see you in the realm of how God sees you already seated in heavenly places because time at best is an illusion. And you know how science now has presented the past, present, and future like this loaf of bread. If you have this loaf of bread in the past, present, and future are part of this loaf. And if you want to cut into the future, then you cut into that loaf of bread in the middle and you're, and you're in the present. But you can also cut into that same loaf. You see, my point is this, from the perspective of God, past, present, and future is one loaf of bread. It's not all divided up. So when he looks at you and sees you, he doesn't see all of the stuff that's wrong. He sees all of this loaf of life that you are. And he knows at any moment that he can slice into your present. He can slice into your future and bring you into the perception of the reality of who you are in the kingdom of God. You see, we're destined to bypass time. Time was never designed to govern humanity. Time was given to govern the enemy. I'm going to say that again. Time was not given to govern you. Time was given to govern the enemy. And so as we are upon the earth, time was not designed to govern you. You are going to break the barriers of time. I know in the natural mind we're like, what? Yes, it's true. Time was an imprisonment for the enemy, not for humanity. And when everything happened, something shifted. And when they were taken out of the garden, something happened. And we entered into a field of time where decay, you see, we are overcoming the power of decay. Through the power of, see, Jesus already did it. If you could see this, you've been set free from decay. You've been set free from aging. We haven't grown up into the maturation of that understanding of what that really is. But, but restoration is about when he said, I will restore all things. What he's saying is, I'm going I'm to overcome all decay. And so when you begin to set your mind on things above in the sense that you realize, wait a minute. I mean, I have this whole teaching on immortality. You see, immortality is already working in you. When the moment Jesus rose from the grave, he lifted you up and he says, now I'm giving you a new body. Old things pass away. All things have become new. You are a new creation. And the moment that you engaged with the spirit of Jesus Christ, immortality came into you. In other words, it was revealed to you. And immortality is working in you right now. And that means that even when you leave your physical body, death will never touch you again. That's an illusion. Death will never touch you again. That means, Paul says, you've been set free from the fear of death. And I always, people at home, places I go, I, I, I'm always saying, we got to start knowing what it's like to be immortal. 
Yes, I bleed. Yes, I experience pain. Yes, I do that. But the reality is, is I have to overcome. I have to overcome that decayed mentality. And if I can overcome that decayed mentality, there's something else that I can step into that's supernatural, that's, that's part of immortality. You are, you, are, you are the future. You are the spearheads of tomorrow. You are making way. I cannot impress or express enough right now of the intensity of creation that is in this room. The power and the ability that you have to create. When, when, when I worship and when I see worship, I don't see worship, experience worship from an earthly realm. Most people that I'm around experience worship from an earthly plane. They watch and sense of what it will do in the earthly realm. And that is good and that is great. But when I worship, I see it from a heavenly perspective. When I worship, all the things that I say go up into another realm called the kingdom of heaven, and everything that is verbalized becomes a visible image. And in that sense, I become a creator. I've learned to co-create with God. Now, you might think that's a little bit strange, but yet you don't think anything of it when you have a thought when you get an image in your mind and then you go out and you take what is an invisible image and bring it into being. If you can do that with a thought, if you can do that with an image and bring it into being, how much even more can you do that with a sound that you release and it goes up like an incense unto the Lord and what seems to be just like a, verba a vibration or a vibration or a frequency that when it enters into that field, all of a sudden it forms something and makes it. And that's when I realize that when I worship, I become a co-creator with God. I'm able to create the future. I'm able to create my future. I'm able to enhance the things upon the earth. I am not some limited son of God that God has put within a box and said that you can do this and no more. I rebuke the box that you have been trying to live in and that the enemy has tried to deceive you in, I speak to that box and I say, break open now in Jesus' name. Because I guarantee you, there is a lightning, there is a thunder that's going to come from the throne of God and it's going to shatter all of these boxes of understanding, all of these perceptions that we've had that have been limiting us. And there's some people that will seem like, oh my gosh, what am I? You see, my greatest success, my greatest field of success, I've seen this in the heavenly realm. My greatest field of success is getting people to surpass me. Why? Because my reward is attached to that. I don't want to be over anybody. You see, the idea that man actually rules over man is not an intent of God. It never was. That is a depraved mentality. 
God never intended for man to reign over man. We have that now because of the government that is upon the earth. But it really didn't come into play until Moses was upon the scene and was inviting everybody to the mountain of the Lord, was inviting everybody into the presence of God, into the realm of glory, and they stepped into that and they could not handle it because of their condition. But here is Moses standing in the midst of God's presence and the thunder and the sound of the kingdom of God was blasting and Moses it was pleasing but other people fled and ran and they literally ran for miles when you study the history of it they ran for miles they couldn't handle it and they came back and they said from now on we don't want to ever experience that again if God has anything to say he can say it through you in that moment there was an order that came upon the earth. The Lord said, so be it. And in that moment, there was a government that came upon the earth where man began to govern over man. At a level, level never perceived. Now what God is trying to do, he's using a five-fold ministry to bring people up into a spiritual maturation to where they will engage with him face to face. But I gladly give up my title. I gladly give up my spot. I'm working my way out of a job. And anybody that is not working their way out of a job, they are actually keeping people immature rather than allowing them to mature. Listen, Father, I'm talking about my Heavenly Father. He didn't, I, I mean, I ran out. I just, I did stuff that was ridiculous. I did stuff that was childish because I just wanted to take on the kingdom of God. Because I was so hungry and so desirous. And I know people that are more hungry than that. But I know earth shakers. I know people that are making ways. My point is this. You don't have to be afraid of making a mess. God isn't afraid of it. I think it's more disturbing than the other way. Feeling like we play it safe. I'm not saying that we negate wisdom, understanding, circle ourselves with people that enable us to walk in a sound mind in the sense of understanding and whatever. But God will ask you to do risky things. Everything that I do is always about taking a rest, stepping out of the boat, because that's, who, that's, that's the nature of God. Why? Because he wants me to see my potential. And I've failed many times, but I'm, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever allowed the failure to keep me from advancing, from moving forward. Why? Because I know the intentions of God for me, they are, they're not evil. They are good. And so I know his grace and mercy because of the intent of my heart, wanting to move into this thing. You see, what he did is he took my character that from the natural realm and he put it in the spirit. When I met Tamara, I was, I was, a, I was a lunatic. I mean, seriously, I was a lunatic. Anything that I got behind, it didn't matter. It, anything that had wheels, I was a lunatic. I took it to the limit. I went over the, I mean, literally, I drove my cars over cliffs into rivers. And, and landed in rivers upside down where my car would be totally smashed and there's only a small space where the top of the car was crashed upside down and I could barely crawl out and hang on to it so the river wouldn't sweep me away. I've hit trees. I've hit low boy trailers. I busted my body again and again. I was always pressing the limit. I would jump off cliffs. 
I would just run. We had this lake that had 80-foot, 90-foot cliffs, and I would just run and never even done it before. I would see these professional people, and they're jumping off the cliffs, and I'd be like, I want to do that, and I would just run right past them, and I would jump off the cliff. And I, I mean, it was just a miracle that I didn't get killed. I mean, the first time I jumped off, it literally, I thought I broke my back in two because I didn't land right and I couldn't breathe and I was sinking down at the bottom. And everybody, I could just see them up through the water and they're like, oh my God, and they're laughing and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm dying, I'm dying. <laughs> and then I would float to the top and I'd be like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it was an angel pulled me up by my hair or something, you know, get this guy above water. And I'm certainly not encouraging anybody to do this. All I'm saying is, is God took all of that radicalness. He took all of that intensity. And when I entered into the kingdom of God, I've seen this. People go and they live an intense, radical life. They go off the edge in the world and they enter into the kingdom of God. And they, okay. Everything is just, you know, you just got to be whatever. I'm like, are you serious? So I exchanged the radicalness in, in that sense and let it transfer over to a passion of God, the heart of God, to seek and to know and to go beyond the limitations because I was born to break the limits. And there are many other people on the earth that were born to break the limits. And I'm willing to do it at any cost. I'm willing to go beyond to do it at any cost. And even then, I don't feel like that I'm really doing all that much because I know other people who seem to be going and doing things in a passion and a desire that is far more intense than me. Would you just stand to your feet, please? I'm feeling a little bit of an exercise in the spirit. And um, I... I, uh, I've, we are unlimited beings. And, and you need to understand this, that, that there are certain things that God gives, us, gives to us. See, he's actually given, the, given to us the spirit without measure. But the reality is, is that there are increments, just like there are certain measures of faith, and we walk certain things out, and we step into that, and then it increases and increases and increases. But I believe that you represent an unlimited generation. Because what's going on is there's a lot of people in the world, in the natural realm, that they are pushing the card in every way. Things that they are flying, things they're climbing, things they're on the water, in the water. They're just pressing the limits again and again and again. I believe it's because they are an unlimited generation that there's something in them that just is constantly wanting them to push the things right to what appears to be the very limits. And this is what is happening in the natural. That when people are doing that, all of a sudden, people are watching them perform or do certain things and going oh my gosh did you just see that guy twirl in that motorcycle three times in the air before he landed on the ground they're 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 realizing wait a minute i didn't even know that you could even do that that is insane and you see it looks like insanity but what i believe it is a kingdom reality something inside of them that says i can do more I can go beyond. And it might look ludicrous to you. It might look dangerous. It might look this. But a lot of those people, and I've engaged with them personally, face to face, talked to them, 
And it's something in their DNA that says, I will not settle for less. And everything within me, when I'm engaging with them and talking to them and even the technique and different things, everything within me is like, oh my gosh. You, you know, the love of God, the kingdom of God gets a hold of, hold of you to that capacity. Look out. There is nothing, there is no end to what you will not do. That is who you are. I believe that you are an unlimited generation. That you are here, that you are in this land. That you are in this place to break down the walls, to break down the barriers, to, to do away with all of the, the stops that says, no, you can't go beyond this. No, you can't do that. Are you kidding me? Father is saying, sons and daughters, there is nothing that you will not be able to do. And I'm encouraging you to rise up into this. And that's why we need wisdom and understanding. And by the way, wisdom is, isn't just a thought. Wisdom isn't just instructional. Wisdom, it, wisdom is a person. And I know people get shocked when I say, oh, I've, I've seen wisdom. I've seen wisdom. I've seen her. I've encountered her. All you got to do is read scripture later, go through it, talks about wisdom. Wisdom isn't just some great idea. Wisdom is an entity. And wisdom, just like the Holy Spirit, wants to be recognized. And I call upon wisdom all the time. And, and, and I engage with wisdom in many ways. And a lot of my understanding comes from that level. Why? Because wisdom was there. She was with God in the, when he was creating. The Lord said, wisdom was with me. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, I'm just operating out of this. Wisdom was there. Go read it. Go read it in Proverbs. It'll shake your world when you really look at it and really perceive what is going on. My point in this is that there's so many, there's so many things in the kingdom of God that are ready to equip you and to help you move into the unlimited realm that you've been destined for. And if I was just speaking out of my head and I didn't have a life that was really producing any of the fruit that I'm talking to you about, then I would just go back to the corner and wait until whatever. But my life bears this. And anybody that knows me, my life bears this. And so I go through life and I expect the impossible to take place. Things that, it doesn't matter. I don't care what it is. If it's, and, and even then I'm like, okay, there's, God, there's more. I have more authority than this. Therefore, you are the government of God. You are the kingdom of God upon the earth. And the foundation of that is the love of God. And I just feel the pleasure of the Lord towards you. And I, I, I feel like today that we can step into a revelation of what it means to be an unlimited son and daughter in the kingdom of God. And you watch and see, this will be the manifestation the struggles, the doors that you have been waiting to open, that you have been wondering that will open, they will open for you. Because when you step into that unlimited round, you're no longer discouraged like, oh, well, I just can't do that. I don't have the mind for that. I don't have whatever. You'll just say, wait a minute. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. And I might not have certain things that I need. In other words, I might not have stepped into the revelation of it, but it's in me and it's available to me and I'm stepping into that unlimited realm and I'm going to acquire it and I'm going to uh, use that to engage, to step through the doors that have yet to open.
There's some in you that you've been struggling in physical capacity. Some of older people that you've been struggling with certain things. Increase of years. God wants to, re literally, I know you hear this, I know this is a term, this is a faith, but I've been experiencing certain things in my own body that are beyond my understanding, but I just want you to know that God is here to increase your years, not so that you just like, oh, you know, you're going to live long and you can't really move and have the capacity. God wants to give you back an agility that will enable you to function and move at a level that you never dreamed possible. Why? Because that's who you are. And God is setting you free from that government. The things, you know, the doctors report. I love doctors. They've helped me over the years in many different ways. I have close friends that are physicians at different levels. Prophetically have spoken into their life and encouraged them in many ways. And now if they speak to me and they say something, they say, this is what I'm seeing or this is what went on. This is the way it is. They don't sentence me. They don't, they don't say it in a manner because they know my nature. They don't say it to me in a manner like, well, you know, this is the way it is as if there's really nothing, blah, blah, blah. They don't speak to me like that. This is our findings. This is what's going on. And, and, and then, you know, we'll just leave that up to you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making me aware. Thank you for letting me know. Now, this is our suggestion, Michael, that, you know, you should do this and you should do this and should do this. You know what? I thank you for that, but I, I don't think I'm going to do that. And I've done that simply by faith because I feel like the knowledge of God is just, I'm just like, thank you. I, it gives me more of a, of a perception of what I need to do. And I've walked through it and God set me free. But at the same time, if you're that same person and you're being diagnosed with whatever and you don't feel like that, you're at that level. You can't be like, well, I'm going to be, you know, I'm not going to listen to that doctor. I'm not going to be whatever. You're going to have to follow the pattern of what he says to help you to get you through into that realm of faith that you can operate. Because I know I've been there. I've done that. I've had surgeries on my brain. I've had all kinds of things take place that I've just, okay, I, I'm going to do this because of whatever the situation was. I look at it now and wish I wouldn't have, but I'm in a different place of faith. I'm in a different realm than I was in then, but I followed it and God brought me through. All things work together for the good to those who love God and call it to his purpose. Okay, ready? So we're going to step in an unlimited realm. That means anything that has been limiting you, anything that has been holding you back. And when I say that, I'm talking about fears. I'm talking about the things that the enemy's been trying to use on you. You're not, you know, all that stuff. You're going to step into an unlimited realm, into the wisdom and knowledge of understanding. And therefore, the mind of God is going to come upon you. There's certain things that are going to open up for you. You're going to see yourself and see what God has given to you in a way that you haven't seen it before. You're going to see through the smoke and mirrors. You're going to see through the pain. You're going to see through the abuse. You're going to see through all of that. You're going to step outside of those boundaries and come into the unlimited sphere as a son and daughter of God and as you do that right now all heaven is with you all heaven is in agreement with you all heaven is stepping with you right now because they love exchanging they love cooperating with you to encourage you to move to the next level they are rooting you on because we are all part of the family God on earth and in heaven 
And so there's a great celebration. There's a lot of dancing that is going on in this place right now, in the spirit. Angels are moving around and they're stirring. They're excited about the things because this means that they get commissioned. This means that you are stepping in and you're releasing them to take you to the next level, to bring you into the revelation knowledge that God has destined for you and bring you out of unlimited ministry, to bring you out of the limitations of your business, to increase the land that you've been looking for to increase your business to break you beyond the perception of all oh, this is all I can do you ready we're stepping into a new mind so father we give you praise for that right now and by faith we join ourselves with those in heaven and a cloud of witnesses who are witnessing this exchange right now because we're exchanging the limit to the unlimited we are exchanging the limit to the unlimited I declare that over this ministry I declare that over this house I declare that over over this land I declare that over the education I declare that over this facility I declare that over the creative power that is in this place this is a house of arts this is a house of creation and so we just declare it right now one two three just step into it in Jesus name in Jesus name come on give him praise give him praise Jesus! Amen. Well, I, I hope you caught the full orb of that. You know, one of the things that, um, uh, it's great, the illustration he gave again at the end about the medical stuff, because faith is not denial. Hello? Faith is not denial. Faith is a force that enables you to overcome, to supersede. It's like the laws of aerodynamics versus the law of gravity. We don't deny, you know, the law of gravity does not cease to exist. It continues on as it has before. We just start to operate by a different measure. And that operation by a different measure causes us to overcome. That's how we step into that limitless realm. Amen. So if you're limited, you don't, you don't get unlimited by just saying, no, I'm not. <laughs> right? You shift. You have to start asking, okay, God, why am I limited? What, what are the anchors? What is keeping me down? And as you begin to unlock those triggers, wherever they are, you know, the Holy Spirit will teach you. Then suddenly you, you rise. You shift. So, Father, make it so. Was that a good, was that a good time? Hallelujah.